Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. You can email me at Josh at MyFirstSketch.com. Or follow me on Twitter at Josh Highfalls. Today's guest is Matt Schmidt, currently a member of both the Flat Earth and the incredible shrinking Matt and Jackie. He brought with him the first sketch he presented at SketchUp or ShutUp. Originally, he and Drew Cramshack performed it, but today, Matt plays Batman, and I play Commissioner Gordon and give a few visual cues. So let's go to the sketch. Interior police office. Batman and Commissioner Gordon stand together. Well, Batman, you've apprehended the Riddler and saved Gotham from complete destruction. Yes, Commissioner Gordon, but it wasn't easy. The Riddler's puzzles are getting more twisted, more complex. Oh, yeah? What kind of brain-twisting cryptogram did the Riddler have for you this time? One of his henchmen had this letter hand-delivered to me yesterday. Here, take a look. Batman removes a folded note from his utility belt and hands it to Gordon. Gordon opens it and begins to read. <clears throat> Pleased to meet you, Batman. Hope you've guessed my name. Gordon looks at Batman and strokes his chin. Soon you and everyone in the city will be yelling, Give me shelter? Because under my thumb is the detonator to Mother's Little Helper? A bomb that will paint Gotham City black? As the clock strikes Ruby Tuesday? Apocryphal. Time is on my side, Batman. Don't play with me because you're playing with fire. Signed, the Riddler. Batman shakes his head. P.S. Get off my cloud. Who would have known that these clues are all lyrics by some rock band called the Rolling Stones? I, I would have. What puzzled me was the nature of his game. Of course I had to solve the riddle piece by piece, starting with the first clue. Give me shelter. I wonder why he would use that phrase, which, as you know, happens to be... A Rolling Stones song. The name of Gotham's Batterwoman shelter. You mean you've never heard that song? After clearing the woman's shelter, I went to the only logical next place. To the giant 50th anniversary Rolling Stones concert here in Gotham? To Sherwin-Williams to see if they had any large purchases of black paint. Ah, oh, Jesus. They even played at the Wayne Industries Amphitheater. Wayne Industries? I... Well, I don't see why that should matter. Batman and Gordon exchange awkward stares. Well, well, I mean, it's the Rolling Friggin' Stones, for Christ's sake. That's why the waiter at Ruby Tuesday said when I showed him the letter. The damn waiter at Ruby Tuesday's had to tell you who the Rolling Stones are? After I finished my sliders and paid the bill, I immediately went to... The concert? The opening night of Gotham's Mossless Rock Garden. Mossless Rock Gardens. Do you mean to tell me you didn't know who the Rolling Stones are? I'm sorry, Commissioner. I'm not up on pop culture. Pop culture? They're a friggin' household name. Can we just focus on the bomb? Fine. So I showed the letter to the groundskeeper at the Rock Garden, and he told me all about the concert. Finally. So I went, and sure enough, the Riddler was there. As Batman continues the story... Gordon removes his iPhone from his pocket. And then I said, enough games, Riddler. Your cell at Arkham Asylum is waiting. But he wanted to do it the hard way. 
Gordon begins playing Satisfaction. Tell me you don't know this song. Even my freaking grandmother knows this song. Oh, I, I don't get much time to listen to music, Commissioner Gordon. But when you do, what do you listen to? Batman thinks for a moment. I, I don't. But when you do... I don't know, Sting? God, Sting? The sum- Ten Summoner's Tales is a great record. But it's so cheesy. His base work with the police is unprecedented. My God, Batman. I've always wondered what drives a man like you to live in a cave, and now I know. You mean to tell me that the soul cages doesn't awaken something in you? Right here. Hold on, Batman. My phone is ringing. Gordon fishes his phone from his pocket. Hello? This is he. What? The bomb at the Rolling Stones concert was a decoy? A black paint bomb went off at the Gotham Mossless Stone Garden? I'll be right there. I knew the Rolling Stones were irrelevant to the Batmobile. Batman and Gordon rush off stage together. Hey, Matt. Hey, what's going on, Josh? Uh, so, so where did this idea come from? Uh, this was actually part of a uh, a, a, a sketch writing class. Um, that I had taken here at the or at the uh, Philly Improv Theater, mm-hmm. and uh, it was actually. Uh, should I explain that this is not my very very <laughs> no, first? No, it, uh, it's it's uh, so th- okay. So this is com- coming from the the sketch curriculum. Like, who did you take with? Uh, I took it with I took the one hundred one level with Brian Kelly, okay. and then the two hundred one level with Paul Trigiani. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So and like roughly when was this? This was uh I guess the beginning of 2012. Okay. So this is the first thing that you actually done on stage. Yeah, yeah. So this like is about yeah, this is like I think maybe the the third or fourth sketch I had written um as part of class and then uh but it was the first one that I actually kind of got up on stage and and did. Did you do it at SketchUp or I did did it at SketchUp. Yeah. How, how did it go? How was that experience of trying it? It was actually really great. Um I had I had um uh, a sketch before that I had um, had so many actors read, and I just couldn't find the script for it. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, and and that went really well too. Um, but it's a little bit. It's kind of weird when you like write something with a certain thing in your head, and then um, you hand it off to people, and they you know they're they're just reading it with yeah. the first first glance. Yeah, so for sure. Um, so uh, my friend uh, Drew Kramshack, who uh, I, right. I know. Um, uh, he and I uh, wound up going together and performing this. this so, together. and and you told me before we start we start reading it now that <laughs> you did the Batman. He did Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner yeah. Gordon. Yeah. Um, but you you and Drew have like that uh, you go way back. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I've known Drew my pretty much my entire life. Uh, like we, you were neighbors. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, we he lived right around the corner from me. So mm-hmm. I've known him since uh, kindergarten. Wow. And we really became like. Uh, pretty close friends in high school um mm-hmm. you know we uh drew and i were uh, just people who kind of like knew each other in the neighborhood uh, mm-hmm. for, for most of our lives and then in high school we kind of really really clicked and uh was there any really specific close. reason like not not really i actually i actually really don't know we were in cub scouts together when we were younger <laughs> and uh and yeah i mean i think like drew drew is like a very um uh smart guy and yeah. i was a very dumb kid so, <laughs> so I, I i think part of the reason is probably he didn't he did, you know uh take me very seriously uh but um 
but yeah, I mean, like we we had like mutual friends in um in high school and kind of like you know like especially towards the end of high school, so all these worlds start kind of colliding yeah. and stuff like that. And then Drew was kind of thrust back into my life in a really <laughs> meaningful way. Uh, so growing up, what was your comedy like fandom? What were you into? Um, I was I I was like a a, a movie kid I mm-hmm. think when I was younger, and I was like a like. A really uh, sort of obsessive movie fan. When I would like watch a movie, I would just watch it over and over and over and over again. Okay. Um, okay. So I didn't watch a ton of TV. Like I don't really have like the um, uh, like the Nickelodeon backdrop. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of. Uh, I think I was the same way too because I I didn't have cable growing up. Yeah. So. I did, yeah. I got cable kind of late and yeah. Um, Where going to Blockbuster was a much easier thing. Yeah, so. yeah. And so I, I watched uh, Blues Brothers uh, obsessively when I was okay. a little kid. That was like my big movie. Um, and Ghostbusters and uh, Airplane, uh, the other movies I... But yeah, I didn't get half the joke. Especially Blues Brothers. Like I watched that so many times when I was younger and then had a really long gap of not having seen it. And mm-hmm. I watched it again maybe when I was like 19 or 20. I was like, this is a weird, what a weird movie this is. But. <laughs> what a weird movie for me to spend my childhood <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. But when I was little, I used to do like, um, you know, I, w- I would uh, do John Belushi impressions and mm-hmm. uh, and dance around the house. And uh, I really loved that like James Brown scene a lot. And my favorite scene was the uh, where the, <laughs> the Nazis fall off the, uh, the road at the end. They're just mm-hmm. dropping through the sky uh, <laughs> nonsensically. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love that scene. Uh, because like growing up my obsession like your and your watches your your obsessions those three movies that you named are so much better than mine because mine were like for some reason i had weekend at bernie's oh no that's and great i movie, watched yeah. that movie almost monthly at, yeah at like at, yeah at worst like that's also a weird weird movie right especially like, <laughs> like especially for like that. a seven-year-old kid yeah with a pretty religious family like yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's yeah. an odd choice for yeah. sure um, and then you know Wayne's World was a big one for me. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Wayne's World. Uh, yeah, I think like like I said, like by by my nature, I, f- I feel like I just kind of like found a thing I liked and just kept like watching it and watching yeah. it and watching it. And so like I feel like there's a lot of like cultural touchstone movies that I didn't see till I was older or oh, still haven't seen. Still Wayne, tons of that for me. Like, yeah, Wayne's World was one that I didn't I didn't see till I was a little bit older. I didn't see that when I was a. Uh, well, then maybe you got the jokes better than I did as a kid. <laughs> Yeah, but I think like by the time I was in middle school, uh, Conan, Conan was like my big, uh, okay. my big guy. Like, yeah. what was there a specific reason? Like, were, like uh, I'm not sure. I think like, um, I think Conan is like he's so, he's like, uh, has this weird middle ground between being like dark but sweet, and yeah. like I think that um, you know he never does anything that is so dark that it feels like hurtful or anything yeah, like that there's the, whatever darkness he has there's like a silliness that plays with it yeah yeah i was thinking about a thing uh, jackie and i uh watched uh the jetsons movie the other day and i was thinking about this thing he did where it was um uh he d- would do this like recurring thing where he would have um like collectible stamps and he would show mm-hmm. uh <laughs> he show like the new stamps that were being put out right and there was one where it was um it was uh 
deaths of famous cartoon characters <laughs> said in the last one and it was just like his reactions to it were so funny he was just like appalled the entire time and it really like just sold the bit and uh but but the last one and he just like built it up so much but the last one was was george jetson and it was just like the space house with just like two two feet hanging in the frame from the top so it's just like it was just so morbid but it was but it was also really 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 silly you know like and I, I think I, I really, I really, um, I really love that that kind of comedy. She just f- seems like like such a warm, a warm guy, and yeah. um, and really thoughtful, and um, but also like you know he's not afraid to kind of venture into like really dark, kind of uncomfortable mm-hmm. places. But um, but it feels yeah, it feels grounded in 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 kind of like compassion or something yeah. like that. And I think that's really uh, that's really cool. Yeah, Conan Conan's great. Yeah, um, he's, he's awesome. So when did you start like exploring sketch comedy? <coughs> Um, that's kind of hard to say. I, 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 when I was younger, I guess in, um, like when I was really young, my oldest brother had a, had a, um, bought a VHS camera. And so like when he would come over, like that was like the thing we did as like a family was we would just make dumb videos together. Um, and, uh, so I always like really loved like just filming dumb videos with my friends and stuff like that. So all through high school, that was like, you know, uh. Uh, do any of these like exist? Yeah, yeah, some of them do. Um, <laughs> and uh, some of the stuff from high school definitely does. Uh, some of the stuff from from the VHS camera hasn't quite made it over. But Jackie, um, when I turned thirty, Jackie got my brother to adapt some of it over. So right. I think there are digital forms of some of the some of the uh, VHS things. Um, but yeah, through through high school, like uh, whenever I was like a terrible student in high school, not like a bad kid, right. but, uh, but just like I just slept. Sure. all of high school basically and uh but like whenever there was any kind of like project even if it didn't require a video i just turned in a video i was that yeah. like i had to make a um a school safety like a, a science class safety poster for the lab and uh it was like a, a a project that would have taken ten minutes if I just drew a thing that was like don't get too close <laughs> to flames. But I made this like uh, many of my friends made this like really long thing about how we tracked down Mister Wizard to see why he <laughs> retired, and it was like, and it was just this really long, just dark, dark, dark like uh, uh, odyssey into the uh, psyche of of Mister Wizard, who was like. You know, like uh, the the whole premise is that like so many kids had died in this lab <laughs> from like <laughs> failed safety experiment, uh, for, for failed uh, uh, lab safety things. And how, how did you do on that assignment? <clears throat> we did really, really well. And I think, and I think like um, this was, I guess, like I, I I think like video stuff is a lot more common. Like that technology is a little bit more accessible. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and back then it it felt like a little bit rare to like be able to like hand in a like an edited yeah. video you know like um so uh so i think like our teacher was sort of there impressed was, that yeah, we just there like, was extra points to just it. yeah yeah and um and he had actually the guy who i did it with this guy kevin um the 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 two of us uh yeah we both of us weren't really like great students we were both kind of like the people asleep <laughs> in the back of class and and he had kind of like to to reach out to us was like please just make videos like you can just make videos and I'll just float you basically and so we made a we made a bunch of uh a bunch of dumb science videos and uh and stuff like that now, um would these videos be like your only real like performance yeah as a teenager like yeah i didn't i didn't do like theater or anything like that um and i 
started like recording music and stuff like that mm-hmm. like when i was uh maybe like 11th grade or something like that but that was also like especially the music thing was like a very secret thing i, I mm-hmm. like i basically didn't even like tell anyone i was making music until uh yeah maybe like a year or two outside of high school um but uh but the video stuff yeah i um i did a lot of that stuff but i also didn't um, by the time I started filming my own stuff, I had like I just wanted to be writing it and behind the camera, yeah. and um, which I'm not very good at the behind the camera stuff. I'm right. not, I don't really have an eye for that stuff, but um, but I think like when you write something, you kind of want to like control how it looks a little bit because you yeah. kind of see it in your head already. So um, I would do my best with uh, filming the stuff, but it looks it looks pretty <laughs> it looks pretty awful. Uh, I don't really I definitely don't have an eye for uh, film, um, but. Uh, but yeah, like so, um, so yeah, so like I, I, I didn't really, uh, yeah, perform or anything like that in mm-hmm. high school. That wasn't really, and and like oddly enough, like until a, a year or two, or I, maybe three years ago, I, I really didn't have like any any uh, any uh, ambition to be even on stage. I liked, I just really like to write. And, okay, you know, um, so where does the ambition to start writing comedy come from? Like when. Um, well, you, you mentioned taking the class in 2012. Yeah. But, and I know of talking to Drew and I don't know where the timeline totally works out is that he would just occasionally like go to open mics mm. and perform monologues. Or, yeah. Or stuff yeah. that weren't necessarily monologues, but like pieces of prose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, there was like a time, um, maybe in 2006 or so when Drew was writing all these, like he was writing a lot of these like monologues and stuff like that. And, um, we set up in my like in my uh, bedroom, and I recorded like a little. I don't know if we talked about this or <laughs> if I'm allowed to talk about this, but we recorded like a little like comedy album for him in my in my bedroom. And uh, is that a thing? Like, yeah, that's a thing. It's like, it's uh, is I, it out there? And it, like, it is out there. Yeah, it's it's great. It's really we didn't talk it's about really that. really funny. It's like I think it's like some of my favorite pieces of comedy are just oh. Drew talking into a microphone I'll in my bedroom down. <laughs> in in, uh, in uh, Washington Township, New Jersey. <laughs> um, it's it's really some great stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah, but Drew was doing a lot of that stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I I would always like just sort of drive him to open mics and stuff like that or <laughs> or especially when i first started performing music live um i would go to a lot of open mics and i would just kind of drag drew out and, okay uh, so so it was more for you to you were performing the music and he would yeah yeah do his, would, yeah yeah and it was great because like drew uh drew is such a interesting guy and like he kind of performs everything in such a dry way that i remember there's a couple times where we performed it these sort of general open mics they weren't like comedy yeah. open mics and um drew would go up and do stuff and like it just no one knew how to take it at all <laughs> and like and i remember one time there was like a, a woman who was like i don't know what that was but <laughs> i i have like a poetry open mic if you if this was poetry i don't know like it was really great and like it was just it was just so satisfying drew like drew is someone who yeah i i i love working with him and uh and yeah, just just seeing him do anything, I just it just makes me laugh. I think he's such a talented guy. And then when did you transition from like doing music? And not not that you're not doing music anymore, but like, where does the itch to start writing comedy? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's all kind of like it's such a weird nebulous kind of thing, I guess. But like, um, so uh, I was doing a lot of music stuff probably between 2007 or eight and. 
guess like 2011 or 12 mm-hmm. um and uh my friend carrie and i had a band and we would like you know go on tours and play shows and, and record stuff and and do the things that bands do i just mm-hmm. said uh and around like the toward the sort of like the end of that like sort of intense run of stuff um uh drew and i we had worked together like right outside of high school we started filming a lot more stuff and kind of treating it like okay like mm-hmm. we're gonna kind of put our stuff out there on youtube and and do all this stuff and um uh and then eventually we had kind of come up with this idea for a like an animated um sort of sitcom uh, kind of loosely based on one of the teachers we had in high school okay. and it was like there was like these two teachers that we really liked who um they were sort of like this kind of like uh i don't know if unlikely friendship is is the right word uh but they just had this kind of like really interesting friendship to kind of like watch as, okay. as a bystander and um so we kind of like we just kind of like uh made a character of their friendship mm-hmm. and uh we started writing some scripts based on um based on these kind of like really goofy ideas of what their friendship is like. And so the two of us had written like a 25 minute, uh, like sort of pilot for this thing. And we had kind of like this arc of six <laughs> episodes and, and we had most of the whole thing fleshed out actually. Um, and it was just like a really silly, uh, just kind of goofy, absurd thing. <laughs> um, but of course animating, I'm terrible at it. And, uh, uh, but yeah, we were we were kind of working on that, and I was aware of Philly Improv Theater um, at that time, and I knew they had offered sketch classes, but I never have any money. So like every time I had a l- enough, and I was like, oh maybe I'll take this thing. Mm. It was like they weren't offering right. a writing class, and then finally, like in 2011, I had uh, kind of uh, this weird moment where I was like, I'm gonna like. I was working at a CD store and just like doing music all the time. And I was like, I'm going to kind of like straighten out a little bit. <laughs> and so like <laughs> I quit the CD store and worked, like got a job in an office <laughs> and it was just like a, uh, uh, very much, uh, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't that terrible, but I, I just kind of was very, very depressed. And, yeah. Um, and, uh, but I had money and I, I saw, um, that, uh, Philly Improv Theater was offering, offering classes and writing. So I was like, Oh, I'll just take this and, and I didn't even wasn't even like aware that there was like a live sketch comedy thing. Like I didn't even know that okay. was like a real thing. I just I just knew that like oh I like making videos and I'm working on this thing with Drew and maybe this will kind of like help me sharpen some of that stuff up. And the but, first day of class when Brian was like oh I'm in a live sketch comedy team, I was like <laughs> I have no idea. I have just this whole world was kind of opened up to me. How were you aware of Philly Improv Theater? Like what they had done a show with Matt Besser. Okay. Um, a couple years before that, and maybe it was like 2008 or 2009, that actually Drew and I were like, "Oh, we should go. Okay. We should go see this thing." But I think it was like a stand-up performance or something like that. Um, but it was yeah, right around when they he were, has dabbled in stand-up the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't think it was like an improv thing, but I think it was. If if it wasn't stand-up, it was some sort of like solo right. thing. And um, and Drew and I actually were. Uh, we didn't make it to it, but we were trying to get there, and I forget what happened that we we didn't show up in time. But it still put Philly Improv in your yeah. But I, it made me at least aware of yeah. that. And then I went to see an improv show, mm-hmm. and uh, I really really liked it. But that was also. But then there was like a a, a, a couple year gap between like that seed being planted right. and me actually kind of because uh, I'm always I'm always curious to <clears throat> find out how people find out about yeah, yeah. comedy in Philadelphia because growing up, and I've said this before, and I've said this a number of times. 
growing up, I always assumed if I wanted to do comedy or be involved in comedy, I would have to move to L.A. or move to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And go through Second City or Groundlings. Yeah. Now, granted, that was before UCB became a thing. And then it became, oh, I'd have to go to New York for UCB. Yeah. And then finding out that there actually is comedy in Philadelphia was a bit of a relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. And, like, I I love – uh yeah, I don't know. I I I, I felt this way about music too, but I, I I really love kind of like being part of like a a little like local community local scene yeah. and like and I love when people from like out of town come in mm-hmm. and you get to kind of like take care of them and, <laughs> and kind of like you know like uh, put on a good show like with them and for them and like uh, you know I always I always really like that. Um, so you take this class in like 2012 or so. Was there anyone else in the classes that are yeah luminaries are still in the involved yeah actually like almost all of the writers for the flat earth were all in that class okay um so it was um luke field who is a ucb guy now jess ross who's like a ucb la uh dave hill was in that class dave what? hill was in my sketch two okay class. okay so uh, i remember you coming up when i talked to him yeah months ago. yeah um and i'm trying to think. adam siri was okay. in there uh, Sean Landis wasn't, and Vince wasn't. Um, but I'm trying to think who else was in there. Oh, uh, Kevin Pettit was in there. Um, but it was a, a, a lot of people I'm mentioning have had kind of already been yeah. sort of around. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was a really great class. There was a lot of really super funny people in there. Hmm. Um, and then mo- like the then transitioning into like the the second level. Uh, yeah, Luke Field, um, Jess Ross, and Adam Siri were all in there, and that's all. It was like, uh, and 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 Dave Hill, but um, but that that class, like, once we got there, it was like a much smaller class, yeah. and you're kind of forced to like work with each other. Yeah, and so my two one was it was me and American Breakfast. Like, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, basically, and another yeah. guy who never did anything after, yeah. after that, like, um, because that's what I was trying to like picture timeline because I must have taken 101 shortly before you and gotcha, two, gotcha. like maybe 201 shortly before you as well um and then i disappeared uh so where does the snowball players start becoming an actual thing that's yeah that's a it's also like a weird uh nebulous thing too it's like is uh yeah i guess like right outside of high school um drew and i and our friend uh joe panalone or as he's known as joe pants mm-hmm. uh uh the um yeah, the three of us right after high school, we had we had been kind of making like weird videos, and I took uh, I went to community college, and I took like a film, uh, like a video production class, which is kind of nonsense. And uh, um, that class, like basically the the class was like, we're not going to teach you anything; just make three videos over the course of this class, and you can use this as kind of Here, a lab. Here's some cameras. And it was like, I don't know how to do any of them. <laughs> Take this class to pay you money to teach me how to do these things. So I kind of just had to like do everything on my own uh, with the knowledge I already had. And um, so we made a couple of videos. I, I just kind of like tapped them to like be in things okay. that I had written. Um, and then, yeah, we just kind of like filmed stuff whenever we filmed stuff. Like I had written like a short film that we filmed a big chunk of and then i kind of uh got really depressed and quit <laughs> quit doing it and uh uh but it would have been terrible i'm so glad it didn't uh <laughs> didn't actually get finished um but yeah i mean like and and we kind of like when youtube first started joe kind of made me aware of it and he um he put a bunch of our stuff like the videos that mm-hmm. i made and um 
like the videos I had made even like before, like in high school and stuff like that. He just threw them everything up on YouTube. And, and back in, back when YouTube first started, like it was, it was kind of like a weird like thing where people actually just kind of went on and watched whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so, yeah, we would have like weird stuff on there and it would just get like thousands of views just really quickly <laughs> and uh, lots of comments. And it would be like reposted all over the place. I think it was just like sort of a novelty yeah. at that time. And now like, you know, you post something on YouTube, you work really hard on and, yeah. and you know, you get like, 42 views yeah on it. i uh <clears throat> i saw that barbara bush had posted like a lot of their live videos yeah. recently and like just seeing the stream would be like three three views more. yeah I was like, what the hell people come <laughs> on like um but yeah. they're you know they're probably just brand new so yeah that's fine. uh um yeah so so like the the small players thing it was it was sort of like we had kind of I don't even remember how we came up with that name it was some some sort of like inside joke about stonewall jackson okay and uh and I really liked Rushmore, the movie Rushmore, and that was the Max Fisher players. Mm-hmm. And so I think we just kind of like swooshed the, the the inside joke of Stonewall Jackson and uh, um, my affinity for Wes Anderson together <laughs> to make that name. And uh, um, and did, did, oh, they, did Stonewall do anything live? Like, yeah, we did. So so once um, so that was kind of like. Um, right after high school and then a couple years went by and I kind of like drifted into like doing music and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then once I took that class um, and I realized there was like a live sketch thing I immediately was like Drew you need to like be clunk, here clunk, clunk. Yeah, yeah and so like the two of us would go to sketch up together mm-hmm. and kind of just see everything and Drew would bring his stuff and I would bring my stuff and then um, and then yeah I think w- like when we did that Batman sketch mm-hmm. um, that was the first time it was like alright let's let's do something and we'll call it something Yeah, and um and we kind of just brought that name back because we already had videos and stuff right. like that and, and kind of used that name before. And so um, so the two of us got Joe back in the mix. And, um, and yeah, we started doing some live stuff. And we did – we would mostly go to SketchUp and, and perform stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we had a, a fit run um, that – yeah, it was like a four-night fit run. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty rocky, um, but – yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I like. Yeah. I think that experience um, was definitely like the most illuminating or like artistic experience because it was like it was like going out and like kind of just bombing and yeah. being like then going like like I would record the audio of it and just going through like like with the scripts and just joke by joke why it worked why it didn't work why it worked why it didn't work and just comparing huh. notes from night to night and just like so you actually like did that like i would do it every wow. every night after the show i would I print always the scripts and i just would go always and, like, want to do that like i've always in my head thought of like yeah doing it that way and i just like it was crazy that, and like because because at the end of the day like you know, if something's not working, it's not gonna work. No, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. so like, so like, if you had like a thing where it's like two nights, a joke got like a little bit of a laugh, it's just in the way at that point. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and so it just kept trimming and trimming and trimming and trimming, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was like a very like illuminating experience. Like, I think like you know, falling on your falling flat on your face. Yeah, there's is, there's no is, better way of learning to yeah, than to actually yeah. getting up there and doing it. Yeah, yourself. And also, like, like I, th- to be honest with you, I, I, like it wasn't it wasn't like that. It was like a terrible, right. super embarrassing show. It just was like I think we just kind of uh, we just threw everything at it, mm-hmm. and it was like that's kind of learned like that's not the way to do it because like the more the more things you throw at, the more diluted the whole yeah. thing gets, and so it was just a matter of like I I really just learned how to like trim yeah. sketches up from from that experience um and then so you've been with the flat earth since 
pretty much day one. Yeah, right? yeah. Actually, I am. I, you, I am the only original, like totally original member. Did uh, you audition for, as an actor or as a writer? As a writer, so, so you sent in the packet. Yeah. And, like, so, uh, Vince and I actually, Vince is still around. Um, we were both part of like that original writing mm-hmm. crew. Um, Vince left pretty soon after we started yeah, and was gone yeah. for a couple of years and he kind of came back. Um, but, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm the last leaf <laughs> on that tree. I, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a really cool experience, like getting to go into something as a writer and not have to, at that time it was like, I don't have to, nah, like, don't to worry. worry. I can just kind of yeah. hand off my um, scripts and, uh, someone yeah, because take care originally of it. it was very much writer's room, actors cast. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because I've, I've talked to Rich, I've talked to Vince. So how was the, how was the writing experience between doing stuff with, you know, people that you've known forever in Stonewall different than going to Flat Earth with this new group of people that you've known for a little bit for some of them? Yeah. But they are mostly just strangers it brought was, together. It's weird because I think at that time the difference was that um, with the Stonewall players, I feel like, well, one, we had so much, like, so much personal history and there's yeah. also just like three of us so that like i feel like a uh that that uh that dynamic of three people mm-hmm. is, is kind of like a loaded dynamic especially when you like pile in history yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so like so like we were uh you know it was not not that it was ever like contentious or anything like that or or, or mean or anything like that but like but you know we just we just had you know just history there mm-hmm. and stuff like that so um so certain things felt a little more loaded than they needed to. And the difference with the flat earth is like when we first started, it was very much like I throw my sketch in Adam Siri throws his sketch in Jess Ross throws her sketch. In. And like the first couple of shows we had, it was like, everyone was just like, it was just like a banner, the flat earth yeah. and everyone's kind of individual sketches yeah. with actors performing them. Um, so it felt a little bit, um, it was, it was different cause it was, <clears throat> Uh, at that time it was like it was uh you know it was like there was a director and there were like actors and it was like you know there was a props budget and all, <laughs> and all this different <laughs> stuff so it, it felt like a lot more uh sort of like a real thing yeah. and um we did our first show um in the Adrian Theater which is like the main stage of the um the the fit now and but it was like a real it was like this is an actual real Cause it, theater it here debuted for French, French festival? festival, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of weird. Like that was my first experience. Uh, that was like uh, before the uh, the Snowball players mm-hmm. actually put on our first show. So like um, that, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of weird. Like I had never written anything for stage before, and then here it is. Like it's like running for almost like five sold out <laughs> nights at like a really like nice stage. It was like holy crap! Like you know, it was a real uh, yeah. It's, it was a really weird experience, but. Um, and then the Stonewall players would go back to Shubin and do it. Yeah, yeah. Back at the old building. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Blues Brothers and the other movies that you grew up to. Do you have a favorite Silent Life cast member? Oh, a uh, favorite SNL cast member? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. I guess I never really uh, thought of a favorite. I, I, uh, I really, really like the crew that had just kind of come through, like the like the Bill Hader and mm-hmm. um, Will Forte uh, and Kristen Wiig and, like, that whole, that whole crew, I think, was... Uh, one of the better ones yeah. sort of in, in, in my lifetime. I really, really like, I have a very strong affinity for uh, Bill Hader and Will Forte. I really, yeah. really love those guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> actually like I, I, 
no matter how uh, broy his fan base is, I I really love Will Ferrell. I just think he's like <laughs> so, just such like a funny dynamic. I think just anything he does makes me laugh. Yeah. So, he, so like, I guess it's a little bit of like a cliche answer, but I think Will Ferrell's great. I really like that guy. He, he's yeah, like you can't not, you can't punish him for some of the movies and the and the, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. audience that those movies have yeah. brought forward. Like. He's just yeah. such a clown, and I I love. There was like one sketch in particular. It was like a Jim Carrey was the host, and it was uh, Jimmy Tango's Fat Busters. You ever see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like a, a a workout program where you just like fill your body with crystal meth, yeah. and you just yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's like a part where Will Ferrell gets up and he's wearing this vibrating bead suit, and they do this whole scanners riff. But it's just Will Ferrell just sweating and screaming, <laughs> and he's just kind of like looking. <laughs> Looking just in the middle distance at nothing, and it's it's so funny. Yeah, it's just such a great performance. He, like he's one of those guys that there's no there's no vanity to him at all. Yeah, like yeah. he will do anything. He will, you yeah. know, whatever the sketch needs. Like he could be like the star of the sketch, or he could just be that one guy that comes in and just w- does one weird line and just walk <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, he's great. I just I really uh, he's one of those like prototypes to me for Silent Live. Like, yeah. Um, and you've started teaching for fit, mm-hmm. and you start doing the the. the the sketch curriculum like um how's that experience been so far it's been great i yeah i um i really really love doing it i, th- I feel like it's like a, it's very like i don't know it's, it's kind of like a weird sort of rewarding experience like i i think it's it's really cool when you um can sort of i don't know i i think like I, when i think back to like myself going through the fit curriculum mm-hmm. i think like um i think there's a lot of people that kind of come through that like they kind of can do it already, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like know what they're doing already, but they just kind of need. I think some people just kind of like need permission or like or or just some sort of like, yeah, safe experience right. before they sure. kind of go out and do it. And um and I think that's awesome. And I think I think that's kind of cool, providing kind of like a us sort of a safe space for people to kind of feel it out a little bit yeah. before. Um, and uh, yeah, I just wrote a a a, a college letter recommendation for one of, one of my students and it was like it was just like such a weird honor to be uh, asked to do that and uh yeah it was, it's, it's a really cool experience i think the the thing that I, uh that i have noticed though is it makes me a little bit it, it makes me write differently like i feel like um before i started teaching i was just so happy to fail and like, mm. so willing to just go out and like and just fail and fail and fail and yeah. learn from the fail, you know. Like, whereas now I'm a little bit more like, I, I feel like people are paying money to learn something from me, and I'm okay. like, like so I'm like a little bit afraid to like put on a bad show now, you know? Right. You don't want someone in the audience like, oh, this is the guy that's <laughs> teaching me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So it puts me a little bit on edge, and I feel like a little bit less. I almost feel like a little bit less willing to like go out of my comfort zone sometimes, right. but um. But I'm trying to kind of like uh, n- uh, I'm aware of that, so like I'm trying to like actively yeah, just right. write more bad sketch, you know. Uh, um, so and then, um, why comedy? Why has comedy been the thing that's <laughs> stuck you now? Wow, what a good question! I uh, that is uh, a question I have been <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out. Uh, with my sleepless nights of uh, why am I doing this? And yeah, why no is money this what and, you spend uh, your time on? Yeah. Uh, where where did my life go so wrong? <laughs> is basically or what you're right. asking. Um, no, I, I I actually I don't know, and I I hate to put it this way. I think this is like a really crappy thing to say, but but I almost feel like that's like it's like it just kind of like stuck. Like I I mm-hmm. like I I just like making things, and I like um 
uh, uh, I like to write. Like I just write nonstop. I actually like. I think I have like a fixation with just writing with a pen. Like mm-hmm. I just like I just like having a pen in my hand and writing. So uh, so uh, yeah, I'm like kind of uh, compulsively making things. You know, like mm-hmm. and so I think sketch. And and actually music like I think like those two have this like, um, have a thing where where not only can you make a thing but you can also like put it in front of people and see other people interacting with the thing right. you're making. Whereas like if you just make a movie or a video or something like that, um, it just kind of goes out there and you kind of yeah. don't get to sort of see what's happening with there's it. A, there's an uh, an immediacy too. Yeah, yeah, and I think sketch is especially challenging because yeah, like uh, like I keep saying <laughs> I I. Uh, I did music before for a long time and um the best you can do with music is like oh people are people are dancing or or people are like <laughs> seem to be enjoying this or like someone pats you on the back and says good show yeah. afterwards whereas like with sketch it's like you know if you did well or failed you know yeah, like, there, there's an objective goal to sketch comedy where there's an, an audible sound that people will make yeah when it's yeah correct like, yeah yeah and it's just it's been really fascinating like just kind of working working to get an involuntary response from somebody <laughs> i think that's like such an interesting goal like um jackie and i did a, a show last year we've been kind of running it in different places this year um but there's a sketch that's like it's like legitimately just like a sad sketch but it sets up as like it's going to be a really silly sketch and then mm-hmm. just kind of takes this turn into this really like weird territory and um and it's really funny because, like, the the audience, you know, like, th- your goal is to get last, but, like, there's so many other involuntary responses. Right. And, like, and it's kind of cool to, like, be doing that sketch and just, like, know when, when the audience is going to gasp mm-hmm. and know when the audience is going to, like, make an audible, like, cringe <laughs> set, you know, like, and so there's, there's... And like you know, we would and we would it, we would get a laugh here, and then we would get a a, a, a gasp here, and then we would get like an audible like mm. aw here, you know, like and, <laughs> and it was just like really cool, like writing all these different responses instead of just just trying to get laughter, you yeah. Know? Like, um, so I think there's something really fascinating about like that kind of back and forth with the audience, um, but but uh, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I feel like I'm just kind of uh, compulsively compelled to make things and okay. sketch, I guess. For me, right now is at least the, the sort of um, the best outlet for that because I feel like there's a, there's a nice audience and um, and I also have like focused on it for a while, so I kind of <laughs> like uh, like at least I kind of know what I'm doing with it, you know, like and and uh, so since you bring it up that way, uh, my last question ten- tends to be, what is something that you could? What's a piece of information, a piece of like knowledge, wisdom that you can pass on to either a hmm. new sketch writer or like something that you've learned from comedy? Um, I think, I think a, a thing that I, I'm not sure if I learned it through comedy or, but I, I, I have sort of realized it about myself, I guess is, um, that, uh, yeah, I, I think it's like, there's, there's something that I feel like, um, compassion is a bigger part of comedy than people think it is, <laughs> you know, like, and I, I think that like, um, empathy is kind of a thing people don't really think about in terms of comedy but i think at least for me it's like it's a very very big part of it mm-hmm. and i think like with um with all of the branches of of comedy i think there's like there's really is like two different things where like there's one kind of set of people who um 
who kind of like use comedy as like a a, a way to prescribe things you know like and for for uh for um basically to tell people they're weird (laughs) you know what i mean like it's like is isn't it weird how that person makes a ham sandwich or doesn't that person talk too loud or like or like isn't it stupid that this person like watches the big bang theory or or whatever it's the second time big bang theory has come up (laughs) on this show in the last like couple weeks i feel like that's the uh cultural touchstone for uh for uh yeah sitcom yeah um but uh but i think but then there's i think there's another another side of that where it is um is like like I'm, I'm weird, and I'm really weird and sensitive, and mm-hmm. uh, and I am afraid of that judgment. You know, what I mean? like I'm afraid yeah. of like people thinking those things about me. Right. And uh, and but but I I like I love weirdos. Like I I love weird things, and I love people with like weird ideas. If mm-hmm. I don't agree with them, um, I love kooks. I love you know, like <laughs> I, I just like I love just like weirdos, and I I love like celebrating weirdness, and I like celebrating my own weirdness, and um, and so I think like you know, uh, I think that that's something that a lot of people have, but I feel like the thing I feel like comedy is always presented as this like what's the deal with this thing, yeah, and kind of like and you know attacking, uh. It's it, yeah. It's sort of it's sort of like about punching. What, yeah. what direction are you punching? Right. You know what I mean? And like, and I I just I don't really feel like that's particularly useful for me as okay. a writer. You know what I mean? I, I think it's I think it's more about understanding instead of um, uh, attacking. You know where um, you, like so you're you don't want to like punch up or punch down. You want to maybe like celebrate. Yeah, celebrate that difference. Yeah, is. yeah, and I. Okay. I uh, um, you know, and I think there, you know, uh, I think you can always make a case for punching, especially, especially <laughs> up, you know, like, but, but, um, I mean, that's, that's, uh, a, a, a matter of taste, but I, but I also think that like, yeah, I mean, I guess to that point, like, I, I, I feel like, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just want to like celebrate weirdness, okay. I guess, and celebrate absurdity, you know, um, more so than, uh, attack people for being weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. All right. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thank you so much. Matt recently started a podcast under the Rocket Comedy Network called The Sketch Comedy Writers Podcast. Also, during the next session of Philly Improv Theater's class schedule, Matt is teaching Sketch 101 on Friday afternoons and Sketch 201 on Thursday evenings. And you can follow him online at Holy Schmidt. You can see me perform at Philly Improv Theater this Friday at 7.30 as part of Up All Night, where me and a bunch of other people will be writing a full show within 24 hours. My first sketch is a Philly Sketch Fest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Head to myfirstsketch.com to see a video of the sketches we talked about in this episode, and like My First Sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy.